This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome to In-Depth, presented by the San Antonio Express News. My name is Luis Vasquez, and I'll be your host as we bring in journalists, editorial board members, and columnists to give us an inside perspective into the stories they bring to the Express News each week. Today, I'm joined by staff writer Annie Blanks. She joins the show to talk about the San Marcos camping and panhandling crackdowns. Welcome to the show, Annie. How are you doing? Hi, Luis. I'm good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. First of all, uh, I wanted to get a, like a little introduction for for the listeners. You're new to the Express News and you come through Report for America, which we've had a, a couple other people on our staff come through Report for America. Can you tell us a little bit more about Report for America and what you're going to be doing for Express News? Yeah. So Report for America is a nationwide nonprofit that basically sends reporters into areas that are traditionally undercovered in the news business. Uh, We tend to call them news deserts. So Report for America hired me and sent me to the San Antonio Express News to cover Hayes County. Um, That's a region of Texas that hasn't really had a lot of news coverage, even though it is the fastest growing county in the state of Texas. So via Report for America, I am going to be digging into Hayes County for the Express News and just talking about growth and different ways that growth affects the economy and population and people, and hopefully kind of shed some light on some things that are happening in that county. That is awesome. We're uh, we're glad to have you. So let's talk about your story on the um, camping and uh, panhandling crackdowns. Give me a quick overview of uh, of what that story was all about. So I first kind of got tipped off to this story last week. People were uh, going crazy on San Marcos social media over uh, an email that some of the nonprofits were sending out to San Marcos residents, saying that. They wanted people to write their city council members and show up to the city council meeting last Tuesday because there's an item on the agenda that was going to basically enforce panhandling and camping bans in San Marcos. Uh, Now, these bans have already been on the books for several years, but they haven't really been enforced. Much as the city has been growing uh, as quickly as it has, uh, they haven't really been focusing on housing, uh, especially for houseless individuals. So uh, there are a couple of city council members who wanted to put this on the agenda. And basically, uh, one of the council members, Shane Scott, he said that he wanted to give law enforcement the tools that they needed to be able to go in there and basically rid the city of these homeless encampments. Um, There are a 
about a hundred people or so at last count um, who are currently experiencing homelessness in San Marcos. And a lot of them live in these homeless encampments kind of hidden throughout the city. Um, They tend to be near busy areas like interstates and bridges, but you wouldn't really know that they're there unless you know that they're there. So for this story, I wanted to kind of see what it was like for some of these people who are currently experiencing homelessness and what these policies might do to them if they do, in fact, end up enforcing any of these camping or panhandling bans. So so that's what this story is is pretty much focusing on. One of the focuses on your story is Hannah Durant, the president of the nonprofit Home Center in uh, San right. Marcos. Mm-hmm. How did you come to meet her? And actually, more specifically, how do you begin to dig into a story like this, especially when you're not from the area? How do you begin yeah. to embed yourself into the community and find out, find the right people to talk to? Yeah, that's definitely one of the harder things about A, starting a new job uh, during a pandemic and B, starting a new job in a state and a city where I've never lived before. But it's kind of just one of those things where you have to just bug people and post on Facebook and ask anybody that you do know, um, hey, you know, so in this instance, I was put in touch with Hannah via a nonprofit called Mono Amiga. They have been sending me lots of press releases and they, uh, the most recent of which had to do with a press conference that they had a couple of weeks ago where they wanted to decriminalize cannabis. So they're they're kind of a progressive group that looks to uh, advance progressive causes in San Marcos and in Hayes County. I reached out to the lady who had been sending me those press releases and I said, hey, I'm working on this story and I'd love to talk to people who are in the community and who uh, are embedded kind of with these houseless individuals. And do you know anybody? And she she said, yes, of course. And she put me in touch with Hannah Durance, who founded the Home Center and is is kind of the champion for a lot of these people who are experiencing homelessness. And so I just reached out to Hannah, thanks to the uh, contact that Mano Amiga gave me. And, uh, and yeah, and Hannah was actually very apprehensive about talking to me at all. She doesn't really talk to the media a lot. She doesn't really like how people experiencing homelessness are sometimes portrayed. And she was very, very hesitant to uh, to take me to meet some of these people. I, I really wanted to go and meet people who are actually going to be affected by this camping and panhandling ban. Um, just so my story isn't just you know, politicians talking about it, who's actually going to be affected by this. And Hannah was very apprehensive about kind of taking me and showing me where these encampments were. But ultimately, I convinced her just by letting her know, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to, to do some kind of weird, like, gotcha journalism expose. I really just want to tell their stories. And so uh, Hannah met up with myself and photographer Josie Norris last week. And she took us to meet some of her friends who live, you know, basically in tents near the interstate. I'm glad you brought up Josie Norris. Yes. Uh, the f- the photography is outstanding. It Yes, it is. Uh, it's incredible. It, it really is. And why don't you talk about working with uh, with Josie and 
and how was it a, a little more collaborative? Did you guys each just do your own thing? How did you all work together? Well, Josie was assigned um, the story and I hadn't worked with her before. And so I was really excited. I called her ahead of time and we kind of talked about the story. I let her know that Hannah was really apprehensive. And Josie and I kind of talked about how we were going to go into these uh, these homeless encampments. And we didn't want to just go in there and start shoving cameras and microphones in people's faces. And um, we really wanted to be intentional about it. And we discussed, of course, with Hannah Durant beforehand, you know, we're only going to take pictures of people who can consent to it and who allow us to take their picture. Um, and so that's kind of the approach that we took when Josie and I, and Josie is an incredible individual and she is very compassionate and she is a great photographer. And so she and I both, when we were with Hannah and we were walking around some of these encampments last week, um, we were both, you know, very respectful. Hannah knows a lot of the people who live in the tents in these encampments. And so Hannah would kind of go and approach them first and just let them know, hey, you know, I'm here with a newspaper reporter, Annie, and, and the photographer, Josie, and would you be willing to talk to them about your experiences um, and maybe let them take some pictures? And everybody we talked to was was definitely game. Um, you, you know, just have to approach these situations as, hey, these are real people whose stories don't often get told and just be compassionate and understanding and, and let them say their piece. How long were you working on this, on this story? Um, about a week, about a week. And I'm definitely going to continue following up with it. Um, there's actually a city council meeting next week where the city council is going to discuss using American Rescue Plan funding to possibly build some sort of homeless shelter in the city because right now there is only one and it has six beds. And so I spent about a week on this story, but I can definitely see myself spending several more weeks over the course of um, just covering this county because it is an issue that a lot of people care about. So let me ask, this is more of your process as a journalist. Are you, are you a, I'm going to write down every, all these notes down. Do you bring a recorder to like record yourself and listen back later? How are you uh, organizing yourself to tack on, on uh, a story like this? I typically, what I'll do is I have um, a recording app on my phone and it's called Voice Record Pro. It's better than the one that they actually um, like the, just the recording app that comes with the iPhone. Mm -hmm. I use that and I just kind of hit record and go and do my thing. And I like to type on my notes app. So as I'm talking to somebody, it's, it's kind of funny. People tell me all the time, like, Oh my God, how do you <laughs> type that fast? Cause I'm talking to somebody and I'm looking them in the eyes, but I'm also, typing on my phone while it's recording. And it's this yeah. weird shorthand that I've kind of developed that if somebody else were to read my notes, they'd be like, Annie, what the heck? This is gibberish. But <laughs> I read it and I know exactly what it is. So um, I definitely want to be present and have conversations with people. But I also, for my journalistic purposes, I like to just take notes about what people are saying and when so that I can go back and look at them. And lastly, was uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me was you were talking to uh, veteran James Arbaugh. 
And, uh-huh. you know, the, he was talking about he was just sitting up by the gas station or something and someone brought him a whole pizza and he hasn't had pizza in a long time. Yeah, that that was like a really touching moment. How do you think about it once you're at home and you're writing the story? What are you thinking about? How, what are your like what's your feelings and and how do you make sure that that doesn't get into the story, like your personal feelings on what you've experienced? Because I'm sure it, it's really hard as journalists to separate your opinion and your reporting. And I'm, I'm wondering how kind of if it affects you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in this case, honestly, it was really hard after he said that I just wanted to go to Papa John's and buy him another pizza and bring it to him. Um, and in a lot of these cases, you know, I'll, I'll use the homeless story as an example, because that's what we're talking about. But, you know, you, you definitely want to affect change for these people. And hopefully your story, you know, is read by policymakers and people who are making decisions. And, uh, but you can't, it's not my position to say, you know, city council members, you need to do this. You need to do that. That's, that's just not what a journalist's position is. Um, of course, our editorial board, that's, <laughs> that's their job. That's what they do. Uh, but as a journalist, I kind of just approach these things as a human first. Uh, you know, how would I want my story to be told if I was a person living in a tent like this? And you just... Um, you go with it and and you write down the facts and you pick out the quotes and everything that tell the story the best. And uh, I, I had a professor once tell me that one of the most effective ways to write is to show, don't tell. So I try and show the humanity in situations like this by including anecdotes like that about the pizza. And hopefully that resonates with people and hopefully it kind of makes them feel a little bit how I felt. And if not, then you know, that's, that's fine too. But uh, it's really just about approaching everything objectively, telling the story that's there, not the story that I want there to be. And uh, writing a good piece that hopefully does the subject justice. All right, Annie. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Louise. This was great.